Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and welcome to the 54th episode of the Truth Island podcast. According to renowned child psychologist PIJ, we as humans have a number of different developmental milestones that we traverse as we get older. One of the most highly contested stages is the difference between the concrete operational stage of development from the formal operations stage of development. For PIJ, the concrete stage of development marks the beginning of children thinking outside of themselves and being able to understand the world outside of who they are. Children at this stage of development can learn from others by hearing stories, parables, and lessons from others on what they should and should not be doing. They can understand that liquid transferred from a tall container to a wide container is still the same amount of liquid. They can logically think about things, but only in very concrete and tangible ways. For example, if you tell them that the mother came home angry when she found the kitchen was a mess, the kid will instinctively know that messy kitchens can make parents upset. For PIJ, the onset of the teenage years and eventually the adult years is marked by the individual's entrance to the formal operational stage of thinking. This stage marks highly abstract reasoning and hypothetical explanations. They can think about moral, ethical, and philosophical implications of behavior and choices. For example, they might ask questions such as, why does the mom prefer a kitchen that is orderly as opposed to unorganized? Concepts such as fear, anger, authenticity, passion, bravery can be talked about without the usage of concrete examples or storytelling devices. For example, if someone asks the question, why do people fear the unknown, a lively conversation can commence. But for someone in the concrete stage of operation, there needs to be a specific story, possibly involving a hero, that proceeds to enter a dark, scary cave. Otherwise, they will have little to no understanding of what is being spoken about. What remains largely unexplained by PIJ is that it is said that some people never make it to the formal stage of operations, thinking about the world only in concrete terms. It is said roughly 50% or less of the population reaches the formal operation stage, and less than 25% of the population can think abstractly at an extremely high level. Have most people missed out on the same building blocks of development? Or is there simply other ways of looking at the world? Joining me to help both concretely and abstractly reason, I am once again joined by Joe. Joe, what stage of development would you like to solve this problem in? You know, I, it's interesting. I, I don't know if there's a specific stage where we can solve this problem. You know, <laughs> I, it, it's really kind of hard to pinpoint. But I, I would say there's something that you brought up in the intro and that was beautifully said is that the idea of questioning in this process and you know the child that's questioning why his mom does things a certain way or the you know the questioning and we've spoken about this in past podcasts you can tell a lot about an individual based on their questioning and questioning is actually speaks to something else it speaks to the idea of curiosity and this is something that i really think you need in order to be an abstract thinker you know, you absolutely need to wonder why things operate the way they do. And there has to be this, this interest level that where you're not going to be satisfied with the answers that you get. And once you're able to do that, I think that can allow you to abstract and apply generalized principles 
from one particular discipline to others. Curiosity to me is one of the fundamental points that I want to keep coming back to, because I think it's a necessary component of abstract thinking, but it's not necessarily sufficient. I think that there's obviously cognitive abilities that factor in as well. Yes. I, I think that if we go back to the example of the child in the kitchen, right? One child is just thinking, geez, I don't want to get in trouble. And if this kitchen's a mess, it ought to be clean. Otherwise, I'm going to be yelled at. But the second child, the abstract child, is thinking, geez, why does this bother my mom? And that child is actually trying to understand their mother. They're actually trying. They're very curious about And I love that you use the word curious because they're curious about why does this bother my mom? What about her personality? Likes her to have a very orderly kitchen. What does she do in the kitchen that requires it to be clean and orderly? And if you're not really curious about people or you're not really curious about the environment you live in, you're going to be kind of like the first kid and just be like, I don't really care. My mom's just crazy, whatever. Let me just make sure that this kitchen is clean because that's just the way that she likes it. And it allows you to think about the other things that allows you to discover in this process, right? It allows you to understand not only the concrete example that we're talking about, why my mother doesn't like things a certain way, but it allows us to understand concepts like fear. Well, mm. what am I really afraid of? And this is like the basis of rational thinking. You know, you allow, you allow yourself to start keep questioning things is, what am I really truly afraid of? What's the root cause of what, why I'm upset? Why do I have anxiety? What are, these, what are these things that are driving my feelings? And again, I think once you can start to you know, take this, this specific situation, and start to understand why you may you it leads you to a way of uh, understanding reality a little bit more concretely. I think hmm. it, it's kind of goes from the concrete and it kind of ends up, even though in the abstract, but it ends up concrete again. And that's my opinion. You know, that's this is a good point. Something I didn't even think of is that maybe the concrete thinkers are scared of what they would uncover like maybe this oh, yeah. boy is just existing in the concrete realm not because he doesn't have the cognitive capacity to think about why his mom would be upset you know and all, all the emotions that would be going through her but maybe it's just like i'm afraid it could also be laziness i think laziness also plays a huge role in this like if if you know that you can just do something and get the same reward why take that extra step and actually figure out why it is that you're doing it? I, I think that this is, I, I, and I think as, as, as primates, as human beings, we're kind of conditioned to just do things in a very lazy way because they work and not really understand why it is that they work. That's right. And it's not necessarily the optimum answer that you're getting to. And I think that you're hitting on a really important point because what do you, what does it take to start questioning ourselves? Hmm. And, you know, and I'll introduce another abstract concept that it takes to question ourselves and that's ethics or virtues, virtue ethics specifically. And the idea, it takes courage, right? So you have the courage to challenge your conventional wisdom and what you think to be true. Right. And when you challenge that, it allows you to start to have this deeper understanding of what you know, what's going on. And I, but I, I think that that's an important point because if I just said to you, you need to be more courageous, you may go do something full heartedly, 
And it's not necessarily courage. Courage is actually understanding why you're doing it. Right. And I think that that's an important part between the abstract idea and virtue and how we it plays out in our everyday lives. I, I agree. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, and, and we, if we think about PIJ's stages, it kind of makes sense because there's sure. a lot of teenagers that like, like, imagine you're a teenager and one of your friends says, yeah, let's go ahead and egg this guy's house. You're like, okay, right? There's absolutely no formal, re you know, there's no formal reasoning being applied at all. Somebody is telling you it's okay to egg someone else's house. And you're not thinking, what has this person done? Have they done something wrong? Do we need to send them a message? Have they, do they deserve this or whatever it is? None of those like higher abstract thoughts are going on there. You've been ordered to do something and you're just thinking on the logistics of like, okay, I buy the eggs at that grocery store. Okay. Oh, I have $5 in my pocket that will afford me, you know, one carton of eggs. Like you're just thinking on that very logistical, that very practical about how do I get the eggs? How do I get to this guy's house? How do I run away before I get in trouble? You're not thinking about like the why. And I think maybe, maybe when things just stop working for you like maybe there needs to be a breakdown in the system like let's say your mom doesn't come home for three days or something like that like i think i think that that could be a way for the kid like let's just say and this would obviously be severe child abuse or something but imagine that mom was so frustrated with the kitchen that she decided not to cook dinner for three days or, or five days. And then the boy like cleans the kitchen and makes it nice, but the mom is still super frustrated and decides, you know what, I'm so angry, I'm not cooking anything. Now the boy kind of has to go into a deeper stage of assessment because what was once working is now no longer working. Right, but, but there's a risk associated with that because we go into this survival mode, which is where concrete thinking really is, as opposed to wondering why the mother's gone for the first, in the first place. So I think that there's, you know, if you really understand why the mother's gone in the first place, then you can start to get to the root cause of the problems that you're trying to solve. And I think that that's a higher level of thinking. But again, you have to have curiosity and asking the question as to why. But you also have to have the the will to ask why. And I think that the example of, that we can kind of come back to is sometimes it just becomes uh, of the idea of uh, egging the individual's house or something along those lines. You're just instinctively going along with the crowd. You're not asking why. Right. right? So that, and that's an important part. The minute you start to ask why, then you're starting to say, well, maybe why am I doing this? I won't do this. Because it makes absolutely no sense unless it's an act of, you know, trying to bring somebody to justice in some ways, shape, some perverted sense uh, of reality, like making this guy's house is going to change something. But I'm actually thinking a lot of like, you know, maybe the book Crime and Punishment in a sense. Sure. So let's say we have that boy who eggs the house and there's two universes where he eggs the house. In the first universe, the boy gets away scot-free. No one ever finds out. And that boy continues to live in the concrete operational stage. And in the second universe that I'm imagining here, that boy is apprehended by the police or someone finds out. And then he's questioned, he's punished. And then maybe the local priest or his parents say, why did you do that? Why did you egg Mr. So-and-so's house? Why did you do it? And now because the boy has his like cell phone taken away, he can't watch TV, all his privileges are gone. He has nothing left to do 
but to think on that why, like, whoa, a minute, why did I do that? So I'm wondering if like negative outcomes can actually give birth to abstract thoughts. Whereas when you just kind of get away with something or it just works and you, you get away scot-free, maybe that doesn't lead you to be more of an abstract thinker because it, well, I egged the house, nothing bad happened, on with my life. It helps, but I don't think, again, I think that the idea that if you're starting to say to yourself, um, let's just take a step back and, you know, you're punished. Okay, I was punished. I did something wrong, but you don't even necessarily know why it's wrong. The, the person that asks why is saying, well, wait a minute. What if it happened to me? Mm. You know, that's abstract thinking. You know, so you put yourself, it's empathy. So empathy is another level of abstract thinking. And so you start to get into the human psyche that we're able to, and this is one of the reasons we're able to survive is the idea of empathy, right? We start to feel for one another and we work together as a group. And I think that this is, a, it, it, it's, it's gets into the ability to put yourself in the other person's shoes mm. allows you, and that's an abstract thought, you know? Yes, yes it is. And, and, it, and so that you can start to, you know, behave a little bit more uh, appropriately and, and act a little bit more virtuously, but it doesn't necessarily, again, you also have to have a certain level of humility, understanding that you won't really understand what it's like, what another person's going through. But these are all abstract concepts because at a, at a very concrete level, it says person X did what, you know, something wrong. They did, you know, for this, re for this reason. And that's all the end of the story, you know, well, somebody that's empathetic can start to say, well, why did they do it wrong? Right. Or do right. something wrong. You know, and I, and I think that that's much more important. You know, Joe, I, I, you've actually just changed my mind right here in the moment because I'm actually thinking now back to my, to some of my students and you're right. There are the type of students that get punished and they are highly reflective and abstract. Like, yeah, you know, I, I was really mean to Mr. Azarod. I get it. But then there's others that are just, waiting out the clock they're just like oh okay i'm punished right, right now and they're not they're not really thinking at an abstract level the only thing that's on their mind is maybe some sort of like manipulation of like how can i kind of grease my way out of this that's all and that's concrete reasoning right there just like how can i grease my way out of this and get back my privileges or get back all the things that i've lost by virtue of being punished and you're right they're not empathetic and they're not thinking at an abstract level of like, well, geez, what would it be like to be a teacher? Or what would it be like to be in someone else's shoes? Now I'm actually just as lost as we were in the beginning. What's going on? Like, why, why do we have these two types of people? Is it, is it a more, is it just a morality thing? Or is that, is that kid that's reflecting on their punishment and reflecting about how other people feel as a result of their actions, like just operating at some higher scale. I'm confused. I'm confused as well. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> not an easy topic, but I would say this, that it's not necessarily relegated to the idea of um, morality. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I think not. that the, so if you think about the app developer, an app developer uh, is doing a, is empathizing with its customer. Yes, yes. So, you know, you're sitting there and you're saying, what do I go through? And then why, how can I do this better? You know, how can it be more user, uh, you know, user friendly? How can I make this, you know, so that it's being, but you have to step out of yourself in that process 
And that's abstract thinking, yes. right? You, you, so that's, you know, so in order, I, I don't think it's necessarily you have to look at it just from a morality aspect. It, it also works in the moral realm, but it also works in the very practical problem solving realm of business and, and, and everyday life. Yes. And there are, there are two types of app developers, I imagine. There is the guy that you're just describing who maybe isn't even the best coder or whatever, but he can really be like, man, you know, we ought to put a start menu here in the lower left-hand side so people can find Microsoft Word. Like that person who, de who de designed Windows or whatever was really engaged in abstract thinking of like, how are other people going to perceive this? What's colorful? Um, what's intuitive, right? And this requires a lot. But then there's probably another set of, of app developers that are just like, okay, okay, tell me where you want me to enter the code or, oh, this is how you get that to work, right? And yeah. I, I want to say that, and again, like I'm probably just being biased to the abstract thinking po folk, that the abstract people are thinking at a higher level or more profound level. I, I'm wondering though, may, maybe they have like a deficiency in, in getting, in executing things perhaps. Maybe that's their, their, their kryptonite, if you would. Sure. I mean, that, yeah, you can get caught too much in the abstract or too much in the concrete. Either way, it goes both ways. And the idea is to strike a balance between those two or to get those two to work together yes. in some way, shape or form. And those can be done by individuals. You know, one's a very uh, uh, concrete thinker, you know, and, and person that executes and the other person's a very abstract thinker and they work very well together. Um, I tend to think of like, when I think of abstract thinking, I think of strategy, you know, right. you know, what is your or philosophy and things along those lines. And when you're thinking at a very abstract uh, level, ultimately it does tend to trickle down into actual actions at a certain point, even though we don't see the connection right away. And in fact, I'm trying to think of an example on the fly right now, but I, I and I'm speaking abstractly, <laughs> but, you know, so this is kind of, so I, 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 I could really use a concrete thinker to, you know, maybe understand what I'm, I'm trying to communicate. But many times the people that I work with will take my thoughts and they will, you'll see them play out how an engineer can make them work versus what, you know, when I explained it, they mm -hmm. start to get it after the fact. They're like, oh, I understand why you're doing it because I did this now. Right. And so that that connection is made down. And I, that's a very clear connection that you can see sometimes. But it's not, again, it's taking my abstract thoughts and they're actually put it, making it uh, something that's real. And then they understand what I was trying to say a little bit better. But this is why it gets the importance of feedback loops, which is a little bit outside of our discussion. But Yeah, anyway. so I like this idea of the abstract thinker and the concrete thinker working in tandem with one another, right? Because the abstract thinker is thinking, why do we need to do this? How is this going to service humanity? How are other people going to perceive that? And that can sort of be a, a guiding hand for the concrete. Because then the concrete people, as long as they know what they're I still think that there's a, a miss. I think there's almost a, a stage and a half somewhere between concrete thinking and abstract thinking. I think there's almost a middle person that's has some degree of, of abstract thinking. They're not a pure philosopher, but then they're not entirely lost in the concrete. And th this might be as what PIJ calls like the people who have entered formal operations, but not at a high level. So I, I, exactly. almost, I almost feel like this has to be kind of sent down some 
again, if I use the word hierarchy, it assumes that the abstract person is the most superior or whatever, but it basically has to be sent through a, a channel from the abstract thinker speaking to less abstract people until it eventually lands in the lap of the concrete person. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it, it speaks to the importance of balance. Yeah. You know, ultimately somebody that can take, you know, the two different concepts and really doesn't go too far one way or the other. And, and, and then you can kind of start to articulate the, because one of the fundamental breakdowns between concrete thinking and people that are totally abstract is communication. Yes. Right. So that's one of those things that, so our ability to communicate is actually something that allows the, the, the concrete thinker and the abstract thinker to really work well together. You know, and that's not an easy task to do because, you know, it's sometimes if you're too abstract, you're spending half the time trying to figure out what the abstract thinker is trying to say. <laughs> I've been in those positions, so you know, and sense that. Uh, but you know, the idea that, but when you start to, you know, get down to the the concrete thinker, then it, it's like almost convincing them to change anything, is to like pulling teeth. So yes. That's, so that's a different aspect. Of but that. on on the same hand, to you know, to a point to the concrete folk. If it wasn't for them, nothing would ever get done. Like we, we do have to be kind of like realistic. Right, right. Yeah, we, we have to be realistic that if you think abstractly about things, but you have no concrete means of execution, then no, nothing is really getting done. And and it's almost it's almost as if like I wonder why even PIJ made this like a further stage of development. Maybe he was just maybe he had like a prejudice to his own mind. I, I assume that he was a fairly abstract guy. So maybe there was like a prejudice of like, well, my my mind must be the highest and most cultivated mind. Therefore, that is the latter stage of development in the concrete. But I, I, I think I, I think we're kind of answering this question that both modes of thinking have to be seen as as equal to one another. It's not a question of like, I'm more educated or superior to you. It's just, we, we are equals. And for whatever reason, we've been designed differently. And I think it's an interesting aspect of it is also the adaptive part of this, right? So why are we adapting to a situation? So the kid that's punished, why is that kid adapting versus the kid that is maybe adapting on his own or, you know, or maybe not at all. I think there's, there's th this idea where abstract thinking allows you to say, all right, um, this needs to change and why it needs to change. But you have to have some functional knowledge, yes. some concrete knowledge in order to make that happen. It can't be totally abstract. But what really forces a change and, you know, that allows you to adapt and you have to be an abstract thinker to adapt to, to a new environment. I mean, that's, that's fundamental because if you're just working in the everyday minutia of what you're doing and you don't change, well, then ultimately, then that's just leads to a, a, a stagnation and actually uh, both on a personal level, but, a, on a, but also on a societal level. Yes, and, and, and I think conversely, if you're an abstract thinker, but you're not also living in the realm of the concrete, I'll give you an example here. Imagine you're a highly abstract thinker or designer, and you're like, you know what would be awesome? 
an underground tube that goes underneath the Atlantic that connects New York to Paris or something like that, right? And I think there's been plenty of visionaries that have had this idea, but at some point, the concrete people will be like, no, 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 right over here, you know, your tunnel's going to get flooded and that's the end of that, or it's going to cost a gajillion dollars, you know? And if the abstract thinker is unable to sort of bend themselves to some level of concrete reality, they they are essentially useless to some to some degree. Like if there's no adaptation or no understanding of how the concrete works, then you're never getting your underground tube connecting New York to Paris. Sure, and I mean, and, and that's where they can get caught up in themselves, and they actually go insane probably in the process. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing, you know, there are often people just talking to themselves, but you know, but there's an important role there. Though I wouldn't say that they were, you know, even in their in their most crazy moments, they're pro- they're not completely useless because, you know, you come down to the concrete, the concrete thinker often has been conditioned to think in ways that maybe, you know, not to ask the question why. We already talked about that a little bit. And while the realities of the world obviously dictate how much, what we can do with the physical world, the abstract, the the concrete thinker has often been conditioned by that world. And that kind of leads to a very limited way of thinking. So sometimes having somebody that's way out there just throwing out ideas is not a bad thing. Now, how functional that person is, is a different, you know, kind of, um, but it, I mean, in a way they are higher level thinkers uh, because they're different. They're thinking differently. We put this, you know, value on this idea of thinking differently up until the point we actually have to pay for bills, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, so, yeah, but, um, but yeah, it's like, oh yeah, we should all think different. And it's like, no, we all need to get things done too. So, yes. I mean, so there's that element as well. I like what you said about conditioning. And and one of the theories that I, I talked to you offline about is this idea that we have a lot of prize-winning engineers and, and, and people who in the hard sciences that come from Eastern Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And it's no surprise that they, they came from nations that were under, you know, some, some pretty heavy communist slash authoritarian uh, regimes, right? And mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a, co- a coincidence that we have people that are masters of the concrete realm, like of, of like, they can really, really, really sit down. And, and yes, yes, I know that mathematics to a, a certain degree gets abstract eventually. You know, when you get sure. to your Einstein level of math, you are dealing, you're dealing at a very abstract reasoning level. But I think with a lot of the engineering and things, you're dealing at a very... I don't want to, there is obviously abstraction there. I don't want to completely take that away, but there's a huge concrete foundational set that these people have access to. And I'm wondering like, if, if you are taught in such a way where you are told like, this is the way that it is, right? Like this is the way that it is. We don't really question it. I'm wondering if that could actually build up a society of more concrete thinkers like i'm wondering if like the preponderance of concrete thinkers is higher in nations that are more authoritarian because that freedom is not given to ask those like what if questions i think that if you're living in 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 very um authoritarian environments and you you're forced to just operate within the concrete i i think that's part of it but i think there's another there's the the practical end of it is that functionally you know you need to operate 
almost like a like a almost a, an assembly line yes you know so that you know this is the way this this discipline this you go into this discipline you think this way you take care of this problem and you know in many ways the we have that type of thinking we've adopted that type of thinking as well that assembly line type of uh very concrete very everyday these are my actions these are my duties and this is my world well this this is funny that you mention this because i actually see myself in this story because you know obviously i'm an abstract thinker and that's kind of why i always struggled in a subject like math for example because i would always ask well why is why is that you know you know what exactly do limits represent is is that how do we know that that oh limits are just an approximation for zero like i would ask all of these questions and the people who tutored me and the teachers I had were brilliant math people, like, like could solve problems super duper quickly. Well, when I asked them like an abstract question about like limits or how did Isaac Newton know this? Now, I'm sure I'm sure there's an Oxford math guy who can really break it down to me nicely and get me interested in this. But from what I saw is that they were just like, listen, Aaron, you use the quadratic formula, you use this, you just do it and, and you pass the class and you move on with your life. And that's, that's all that they could really tell me. And they were brilliant and really quick at doing their math, but they could not engage me on the abstract level that I liked. So naturally being the curious person that I was, what did I do? I put all my interest in philosophy and history where I could ask those thousand and one what if questions and why questions. And I could be entertained at the abstract level that I, that I wanted. So, yeah, I think that that's a really interesting and good point because, you know, I've kind of experienced certain, my, my experiences have been similar and yes, but I think that you just captured something beautifully there is that the idea that there is someone out there that's a very high level thinker that actually understands both of these things. They yes. understand the abstract and they understand how to execute. And I think that that, shows you the higher level thinker and they're, and they're rare and you know, they're rare. I mean, so, uh, you know, uh, for me as a mere mortal here, I just <laughs> have the, I only have the ability to ask the question right. and they have the ability to get the concepts and, and the, uh, and be able to, you know, work out the problem within 20 seconds as well. Hmm. So I, I, and I do think that there is, you know, and this is kind of where we can get into the idea of, there is a certain level of intelligence with the more information that you can consume, the more frames of reference you can actually incorporate into your analysis and the more questions you're going to be able to answer. That's different from curiosity, right? You have to be curious enough to ask those questions to begin with. That's why I find curiosity again, to be a necessary, but not sufficient way of, of being an, uh, a higher level thinker, I'm not even gonna say abstract, but a higher level thinker where you understand the concrete and the abstract. I, I, love, I love what you're saying. And um, you know, I'm a very curious guy, but you're right. I'm not at that like ultra level where I can have the curiosity and then have the, the quote ex, high levels of you're execution You're not, I'm here well. for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> what would I do oh without God. you? There'd be no truth. Wait, 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 wait. oh my gosh. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> My, my my idea of reality just changed. <laughs> okay, yeah. But you know, you you actually did bring something up that my friend Alexander also mentioned that the people who really bang it out of the park in the in the hard sciences have 
the high level of like science knowledge. So they have the high level of concrete foundational knowledge, but they also have high levels of abstract reasoning. And I think like Einstein is probably the sure. perfect a, encapsulation of this, whereas you have a man who not only can think at a very highly abstract level, but he can also sit down and do that math and get it done right. And that, that I think, now, if I was PIJ and I was listening to this podcast right now, I would probably rewrite my whole theory and say that the highest form of development is somebody that has an extremely high level of concrete executionable skills and has abstract reasoning at the same time. Absolutely. I, I, I don't think it's an either or. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that depicted as such is probably not, you know, I'm sure maybe if you had two different people that worked really well together, you could come out with something, you know, like a very high abstract, you know, thinker and a very adaptable concrete person that can execute whatever the person's saying or could capture what the person's saying and then execute maybe together. Yeah. But I think as an individual, I think, I mean, I, I find Einstein's theories, they're highly consumable. Yeah, they're. and you know, and they're very um, same thing with Stephen Hawking. So that you have these higher level thinkers that Stephen Hawking Hawking would you know uh, he was a storyteller. Yes, I mean ultimately that's what he was, but he also understood the physics as well. And and again, but again, he also had to be curious enough to you know ask the questions to begin with. So I think that that's that's to me is the highest level type of thinker. But, you know, that's just my personal opinion. I can understand why people would think abstract thinking is, you know, a, a lost art. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you say, because like there's, there's bashing on both sides, right? Because I think sure. that on one hand, the abstract thinkers are like, huh, you don't understand truth and reason. I have to create a storybook. I have to t- I have to tell you a story, a fairy tale for you to understand authenticity. So the abstract people kind of scarf, uh, you know, basically make fun of, of the concrete folk. And then the concrete folk make fun of us and say, Dan, you you folks are just lost in your thoughts. We're the ones that build bridges. We're the ones that get everything done. But in reality, the the ultra, you know, ubermensch of this is the guy who has both sets of skills that are cultivated to a very high level. Uh, moving the conversation a little bit, I'm wondering, like, is there any hope? Because I, I I see you're right about the collaboration, and I now that I think of it, I see more science papers written by two authors, maybe multiple authors. So there's a lot more collaboration, and maybe that is a a pairing up of the abstract uh, guy or gal with the concrete person. You know, the and the way I think of it is that oh, we got this really nice theoretical thinker over here let's team him up with the data scientist who can make those who can prove those theories true that's kind of how i'm seeing this in in like when it comes to writing like scholarly articles i'm wondering is there any hope of the abstract person becoming far more concrete and of the concrete person becoming far more abstract or you're either born one way or the other no, like, I, I, I think that there, it can be cultivated. And, you know, the, and I'll give you a very, very run of the mill example that, you know, I, as a consultant early in my career, you know, everybody went to business school. Some of the, the kids went to the top business schools that, uh, you know, we were in this class together and they brought us in and they said, okay, um, forget everything you've learned. 
I've you know, heard that one before. I've heard yeah. that one before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. It, it, that's actually happening way too often to me. Yeah, right. Forget but, everything you know, you've learned. Exactly, exactly. It's like, wait a minute, I'm starting over again. You know, but every time I'm thinking that is that it's on it's the, on the fifth master's degree that you that that's the true one. Exactly. I'm starting to think it's like I'm starting to think. I, I, yeah, I'm starting to think it's like kind of a you know it's a game that people are playing on. You know, but the, the but but there was an interesting thing that they taught us. They said, you know what, we're going to teach you. You've done all the accounting, done all the you know equations or whatever you might you know in school, and you've learned things that you you know in your early in your careers. We're going to teach you storytelling, mm. and we're going to teach you Aristotle, and we're going to teach you how to think. And so what I'm saying out of that is that this firm, you know, is Deloitte, that they actually understood that where this, this conceptual thinking, this abstract thinking, and the value of you take something like accounting or strategy consulting, where they actually work together. And so that they do, they, there is an understanding of having to train people. Now, I don't, I do think that there are organizations that um, that are trying to understand, like, again, it comes down to communication. The, you have the concrete people that are executing every day, and then you have the abstract thing. The, the, the critical part to this is that one doesn't see themselves more important than the other yes. in that process. And that's how you can make an organization work. That's how you can make collaboration on, uh, have collaboration on papers, and and you know and put out the best product that you can possibly put where you're going to communicate ideas to people and people to and connect people to ideas i i think that that's a really important point is that yes collaboration can occur um but it can only occur if there's a mutual respect for what the other person brings to the table and i and i think that that's a higher level that's a higher level being yes in, in a communal sense but not not in an individual sense. Well, it is in an individual sense as well. No, I, I actually think that you you kind of answered my question. And I think maybe what prevents the abstract person from learning concrete skills and the concrete person from thinking abstractly is maybe it's the ego, right? Like sure. I think it's I think it's the ego that kind of prevents the abstract thinker like. Psh, I don't get my hands dirty with details, you know, like their, their ego is preventing them from, from listening to the engineer. Who's like, uh, no, sir, you know, that's not how these tubes work under the Atlantic. Right. And the concrete person also has an ego and they're like, I'm not listening to some philosopher who wants to build some magical transportation system across continents, you know? So you have both of these people have high sets of egos that prevent them from even listening or, or maybe even having a curiosity as to how someone else thinks. So it goes back to what you said about curiosity. The abstract thinker is not curious about how the concrete person thinks and the concrete person isn't curious about how the abstract thinker thinks. And, and it becomes even, you know, there's another example there that what happens is when you have these two is like, I'm not listening to this person and the other person's not, you know, the abstract thinker is not listening to the concrete thinker. But there's an important point there is that how willing are you to point to their mistakes, you know, in that in that process? Well, wait a minute. You know, that's not how this works. Well, you got this wrong. And it starts to that's our ego. Right, that's yes. our ego coming out. It's like, well, no, I got this wrong for this reason. And what happens in that process is that you 
become it becomes unproductive. And that's why I was saying earlier is that there has to be a mutual respect for what each other one brings to the table to appreciate what uh, and make something happen. Mm, mm, yes, there, there has to be there has to be respect. And there also just has to be the humility that right. that that your idea might be wrong, right? Like like there has to the, the the abstract thinker has to be like, yes, my idea is super magical, but you're right. We can't execute this unless we do X, Y, and Z. Or maybe we don't have the material strong enough in 2020 to build this. But I'm gonna sh I'm gonna definitely you know put this idea in my desk, and when we have the material strong enough or the technology or whatever, then we can kind of bring new life into this. And and, and like and and the the concrete thinker has to be honest with with him or herself and say, hey, look, we've been doing this the same way for years now. Eventually, it's going to fail, right? And it's like it's like I, I think like an issue such as as climate change is a perfect example. I think that's actually a perfect example of this, where the abstract thinkers are like, it'll all run on windmills and, and solar energy. And they just like, they have these very abstract, beautiful ideas that seem wonderful. And then the concrete people are like, whoa, 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 you know, that, that, that windmill over there isn't enough power to fuel all of Detroit or whatever. You know, they're, they're coming in there with the hard facts and it's not that one of them is right. We, we shouldn't just say, oh, the concrete people are correct. Let's just live on fossil fuels for the rest of our lives. You know, there has to be some kind of communication or dialogue between these two sets of people where they sort of figure out like, okay, we want to move to windmill technology. Here are some just really concrete and realistic hurdles that we have, you know, and then they can sit down and figure out like a slow timeline or a blueprint in actually making it happen. And, it, but, you know, even if you think about it, and I was just thinking about this, uh, something you said earlier is the idea of even the whole concept of you being wrong is an abstract thought, hmm. right? I mean, and, unless you're, you're intentionally lying or, you know, doing things along those lines, but the idea that what hap what happened was not necessarily the, it was the result of you not thinking. You know, that's somewhat of an abstract thought. So that is already a higher level of thinking that is starting to exist. So that this didn't work for this reason. That's abstract. Like, right, you, right, you know, right. So that I hear you. you're, you're immediately in the abstract. So that's, it, it's interesting to, to think of it that way. Because I thought about the, even the concept of being wrong. And and this gets and this gets to the idea of dialogue too. Is that you have to be able to understand rationally when you're wrong about one thing, it doesn't mean you're wrong about everything else. But and the reason I say that is because people won't admit they're wrong because they think it upends everything else that they understand. Well, and it's not a question. So understanding this idea of why you're wrong, it's an abstract thought. Yes, but it plays out in a very practical way in how we interact with ourselves and our egos. So maybe you need, if you're a concrete thinker, you need to have like a concrete failure in order to admit you're wrong. Like when you've bankrupted the company or one of these pipes broke and, and cost, you know, all this damage or something then, and only then can the concrete thinker be like, oh, geez, uh, we got to do this somehow other way. The obvi obviously, this was a disaster because you're right. Maybe the concrete thinker can't admit or, you know, see that they're wrong because they don't have that abstract reasoning ability. 
Therefore, there has to be a concrete failure in their life for them to have some kind of reckoning or just come up with another concrete plan of how to do things. Well, and sometimes they may never learn. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's like the kid that's being punished for, you know, being, you know, for for doing something wrong, you know, that they just go on. OK, I, you know, uh, did something wrong with uh, Mr. Azrod and, and therefore I do this. I'm just going through the motions. Right. Well, you can go bankrupt and not question as to why you're wrong. So, I mean, you know, sometimes you're never going to be it's never going to hit you in the you know, some people it's never going to, you know, the idea of them being wrong is never going to resonate. So the, they don't necessarily, and this is why I think curiosity is so important in this mm. process. But, but a lot of these concrete people like nice things or they like, like, they like carrots, right? Like they like, so that kid who's not reflecting about why they did something wrong, right? You're right. Like, like they're not the abstract plane and they don't care about how Mr. Azrod feels. But at the same time, they're still thinking, well, how can I avoid this in the future? And when they say, how can I avoid this in the future? It might inadvertently cause them to act more moral in the future and behave themselves, not because they've had an abstract transformation, but simply because they're just trying to avoid the stick and get the carrot. Exactly. And they're adapting to the environment. Right. Yes, so yes. and that's where the adaptability. But I think then again, you come into what's the higher level. Yes. You understand why the environment corrected you. And mm. I think that that's the higher level is to is to, you know, in certain cases, things can go wrong. Right, right. Right. But, you know, it may be an anomaly as to why it went wrong or it could be, you know, you could an understanding that maybe you didn't do something wrong. Right. You know, that you ended up in a bad situation, your bank, your, your business went bankrupt. You didn't do something wrong necessarily. Right. It, something may have just happened that mm -hmm. caused that. And that's, you know, that's there's a certain level of understanding that is required with that as well. Um, so it's not, you know, there, there's a lot of things that go into this because we're getting to the idea of understanding cause. Yes. Yes. You know? So when you're talking about understanding cause, you know, that there that requires a certain level of abstract thinking yes. because you have to understand the external environment as to what caused, you know, X and Y. So I think that that's an important part of this process as well. Maybe maybe I should kind of just apologize to PIJ for a sec. And, and maybe maybe there is something to like. No, don't yeah. do that. He <laughs> care. <laughs> Sorry, my friend, you know, like 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 because like, maybe maybe he is right that you know i think i think what we said like maybe 20 minutes ago about the ultimate person has high levels of understanding in both fields i think i think we are right about that like i, I think we are in agreement about this but maybe if you had to pick or choose maybe picking and choosing the abstract person just by a hair is better just for the reason that you described a second ago where it's only the abstract thinker at the end of the day that's going to solve the issue and find what lies at the end of the tunnel as to why mom is really upset when the kitchen was messy. And only that abstract thinker will actually get to the bottom or the root cause of that issue. And only the abstract thinker will be like, oh, mom, I see you're upset about the kitchen because it's really all about grandma dying, you know, a year ago or something like that. And the concrete thinker 
is never going to get at that level. The concrete thinker is only going to just clean up the kitchen, make it look nice, and they're never going to arrive. That mom is secretly upset because she's still getting over the loss of her own mother a year ago. You know what I mean? That's absolutely right. I mean, you know, so, and I, and I guess, yeah, so th there's always some degree of abstraction that is absolutely needed, you know, it, it, and, and I think that if you can't get to that, if you can't get to abstract now, again, you can go too far, but if you can't get to a certain degree of abstraction, then you're not going to understand cause. And I think that that's where uh, Piaget was thinking is that the, the idea that, that that's why it's a higher level of thinking and mm -hmm. it kind of separates us from the animals to a certain degree, you know, th that essentially we're, we're, we're only acting on what we know in front of us and instinctually. So that if we're acting on more than just our instincts and our own personal desires, or uh, then we have a higher level of thinking. Yeah, I mean, if you, it's funny when you said animals. I just, you know, if you ever watched a squirrel, it really looks like it has nothing going on in its head. It's just like, where's the nut? Oh, nut is here. Peel the nut. It just, it's really like living in a very like, I need to do this. I need to do this. It's not like the squirrel doesn't ever look like it's looking into the clouds and saying, you know, why am I here right now? Why, <laughs> why, why am I on this grass right now? So I, I think you're right that from an evolutionary like standpoint, abstract reasoning is what kind of makes us more human, but it kind of puts us in a very scary place because am I supposed to surmise that like the abstract thinkers are more human than the concrete thinkers? Cause I, I feel like there's almost that kind of value judgment implication there that like, Oh, if I'm an abstract thinker, I'm more human like, and if I'm a concrete thinker, I'm closer to the squirrel. Um, I mean, so there, there, yeah, in a way, I mean, there, there is the distinction of what human, but sometimes, so the, and I've thought a little bit about this in general, Sometimes our greatest assets, assets are what our greatest liabilities in mm -hmm. the sense that being an abstract thinker, even being able to project into the future and which is somewhat of an abstract, you know, you're abstracting from your current reality and projecting out that that's our greatest liability as well, because the squirrel has no anxiety. Yes. <laughs> right. The squirrel's living in the present moment. So this squirrel is just getting what it needs, living in the present moment and doing everything it has to do. And I and I often think this about dogs. I'm like, you know, you're so fortunate. You can't project out. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, so are they more human? Maybe. But I'll tell you what, it's not a bad alternative at this point, because I have I'm spending my life trying to live in the present moment and trying to become less abstract in certain cases. Right. Our right. ability to abstract is also while it's a higher level of thinking, it's not always better. No, you know, it, it, because sometimes, you know, you can get lost in your own head. Yes. And that's a you know, you never see a squirrel walking around pondering the universe, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and if you do, you probably are, have bigger issues if you see that, <laughs> but I mean, it, but the idea now you don't see squirrels actually going out there and, and, or even a dog, they don't have worry. They don't have anxieties. Right. Yes. You know? So these things that exist, I mean, they're, they're not necessarily, it is a higher level of thinking.
but it's I, always really better. Both. But you know what? I think that the concrete people—they're definitely happier people. I, I sure. will, I, I will give them that. And I even think at like, at some of the schools I worked with, you'd have all the English teachers that would be micro analyzing every little. Oh my God, what are we gonna do? They're making this. What if? Blah, blah, blah. And the math teachers would be like, just enter your grades in tomorrow or whatever. Like they would be super practical and super like, this is what you do. End of story. And they were a lot happier. Like the concrete people don't have this like huge, like they don't like reminisce about the past as much, like on such a like microscopic level. And they don't have this like intense level of anxiety about the future because they're just thinking about the here and now. And all of this meditation and mindfulness, it's actually it's probably marketed towards the abstract thinkers of like, here you go, Mr. Philosopher, here you go, Mr. Abstract Thinker, sit on this pad and just breathe and, and think of the present moment. So it's almost as if we have, like you said, Joe, we've gone too far away from the squirrel and now we need to do like meditation and all these other things to kind of correct ourselves. Yeah. I mean, and that's where the abstra the abstraction works against us. Yes. And I mean, you know, that's something that's really important because, you know, it's funny the 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 individuals that I notice are the happiest are not only the concrete individuals but the concrete individuals that intuitively know to do the right thing ethically and i've yes. met I've met those individuals like and I work with many of them where they're 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 not abstract thinkers at all they're just doing their job they're and they're doing it very well very well and but they're behaving in an ethical way. They won't do the wrong thing. And they tend to be the happiest individuals. Yes, you know, they, they do. They, they, because they're, they're doing their job, they're doing it well, and they know what is right and what is wrong intuitively. Not in, they, they couldn't explain it necessarily. You know, they won't, they won't cross certain lines. But then, you know, you have somebody, you know, that's an abstract thinker, you know, that's like, all of a sudden, they're on every anti-anxiety medication that you possibly can, <laughs> that you possibly can, and it's like, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, I would rather be the concrete thinker in this case. Like higher level doesn't necessarily mean higher value. Like yes. you know, so that that's that's an important distinction to make between the the abstract thinker and the and the and the concrete thinker. I, I think I think that that kind of summarizes things pretty well that I, I think I think that we, we do I do tip my hat a little bit to PIJ and say, okay, ultimately, we need these abstract thinkers to get us out of really tricky situations. But ultimately, that abstract thinker might be riddled with anxiety and it may not, it need not be like the higher stage of development need not be the better stage of development because you probably will not be as happy. And then the concrete person who's just like on, you know, booking Airbnbs and just going on fun vacations and kind of executing awesome plans every day is probably living a, a much happier life. It's kind of grim, but uh, thank you so much for being on the show today, Joe. Oh, no problem. No, thanks for having me, Aaron. This concludes the 54th episode of the Truth Island Podcast. I'm Aaron Azrod.